Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or Tuscaloosa or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in uh, Learned. That would be weird. And we, we know for a fact that it's not Learned. Yes, I do know it's so nobody, I do know. So, so nobody, nobody's going to be on. Nobody's going to be on. That's right. Right. Well, wherever you are in our great state, if you're looking to have Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, it's as simple as ordering it. Order it online at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship it to you. If you want ground coffee, whole beans, or even the the, the K cups, they've got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I checked in today. They've got a, a brand, a, a lot of brand new merchandise, new polos, and guess what logos they have? The M over S, the state script. They've got a, a, some stuff loaded up it's for you guys for that one. So check that out at collegecornerstore.com or at either of the two locations in the Jackson area. They are original by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. Everything you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got you covered at collegecorner.com. Restaurant Tyler Startville's flagship restaurant tops in town no question about it best lunch best dinner and on sundays the best brunch they've got it all you know for southern cooking on you know the, the blue plate is the, the 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 quintessential southern thing in my you know if you don't have a blue plate then why are you open for lunch and no one's blue plate in town is better than than restaurant tyler's it's, it's just not even close they have the best meat options they have the best veggie options and if you don't want to go with a blue plate, they got great burgers and sandwiches and everything else. But just trust us when we say stick to the blue plate and you will never go wrong. Restaurant Tyler, corner of uh, Washington and Maine, Startwell's flagship restaurant. Priority One Bank wants your business and they want to make you their priority. They have 16 locations throughout central Mississippi conveniently located to serve you. And of course, each of those branch branches make their own local decisions when it comes to making a loan. So if you need a loan, you talk to your people at Priority One Bank, you're talking to those people. You're not talking to somebody in another location or overriding uh, authority there. You get to talk to the people that you know and that you have a relationship with. That's a big deal. And, of course, the Priority One Bank app, streamlined for your mobile device. Device. I don't know what a device is. Uh, you can do a lot on it. You can transfer funds, make payments, set alerts. Whatever you're looking to do, they've got you covered with Priority One mobile banking. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. So Mississippi State men's basketball, big win over Arkansas. We talked about that on yesterday's pod. On Sunday, Mississippi State women's basketball gets a win that they needed to have over a Texas A&M team that hasn't been great this year. Kind of the same situation the men are in, right, where they, they, they need to win these games against the lower net teams 
to keep their resume pretty clean, and they've done that. Robbie, are we going to see both men and women in the NCAA tournament this year? Got a good shot. <clears throat> they're on, they're in the right direction, and we we spoke a little bit about it yesterday. I think the women are in a better spot right now based mm-hmm. on where they are in the net, but they're very close to each other. And, uh, you know, the women are kind of winding down. They only have, I think, four games left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're, we're going to know relatively soon. I think they are two wins away. I think the man, I think the men have a few things to, to take care of business here in the next couple of weeks. And they probably have a tougher, I would say probably a tougher road ahead to do that. But um, at the same time, I think they're probably, you know, right there neck and neck with each other on, you know, who's going to get a berth. I think both of them have a very good shot at doing it. And it's because of what they've been able to do in the back half of this conference schedule, which is really good news if you're a Mississippi State fan because it means your team's playing really well at the right time. It's not that they stacked up a bunch of wins earlier on the schedule and they're trying to hold on for dear life to get in the tournament. It's they're building and they're building and they're building. That's what we've seen with both teams. They're both playing well. They're both playing confident. They're winning games that are relatively close in the second half. They're finding ways to to win ball games. They're finding ways to get through adversity. So I like where both teams are right now, and they're both right there with each other. It's kind of interesting to watch unfold. I don't know how many times this has happened in recent years where both teams have kind of been NCAA tournament teams. And we saw, I think – was that 18 when the 18, men went to the tournament? 18, 19, yeah. So, obviously. So, the, that, that team was in the tournament. The right. women were hosting. That was the last time that these two teams have both been correct. pretty good. Obviously, because that's I mean, the last the, time in like men, a decade. It's, the men haven't been mm-hmm. in the tournament, but once in that decade, you know, when you had the, the women's rise to power, the men were, were, were you know, struggling through that. But this year, with two first-year head coaches, Mississippi State, I, you know, I think, like, I agree with you. I think when, when bracketology comes out for the women, the, the state's women are probably in at this point. They just need to continue to play well. The men still have a little bit of work to do. But, man, they have they have just been crushing it. You know, we, we, we talked about, hey, what if they could win four straight going to Arkansas? And then they did that. And then they beat Arkansas. And now you look at this game coming up with Kentucky, and you think, well, I mean, that's a game Mississippi State should win. They will probably be favored to win. Uh, when that when that rolls around, and then they go to Ole Miss. I mean, this they have a le- very legitimate chance, in my opinion, very legitimate chance to, be, to make this a seven game winning streak for Mississippi State. Again, I don't think State's going to win out. That would be an eleven game winning streak to finish the season. I don't think that's likely to happen. But I mean, if you do that, you're you're moving your seating around. Well, at yeah, that now, point. yeah, at, at, at that point, you you would finish the uh, you finish SEC play. I think ten and or eleven and seven. Uh, you would be something like what, twenty three and eight, something like that overall. I mean, at that point, you're probably you're we're not talking about the bubble anymore. We're talking about you're a five seed, a six seed. You know, you're. I will say this: the the Arkansas game has changed everything for state. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's given you a little bit. It's given you a little bit of a you know leeway here. You still need to take care of business, and you, I mean, you don't need to slip up against anybody, mm-hmm. but. You've now given yourself an opportunity in the in the last few games here where you could lose a game to Kentucky or to AM or something, maybe even Vanderbilt on the road. You could lose one of those games or to maybe even a couple of those games, Missouri, and feel okay about where you are because of what you did in Arkansas, because 
That is a quad one win. You go on the road, beat a team that I think whenever the SEC tournament is done is going to be a really hot team heading into postseason play. That that win's going to look huge. And it you no longer really are thinking as much about that Georgia game. That was a topic of conversation last week. That no longer is as, you know, as big of a black cloud as right, it was. Right. This has given you a, a chance to have a little bit of cushion, but not much. You, you don't have a ton of cushion here. I mean, you still – you've got to win games down the stretch. Right. I mean, well, that's what happens <clears throat> when you lose, you know, seven out of eight games is, is – Yeah. You set, yourself, you set yourself up to have to win games down the stretch. But you also set yourself up to put to be in good position by winning 12 straight to start non-conference play and beating Marquette and beating Utah. Those are those were huge wins for Mississippi State. State's non-conference schedule is the reason they're going to if they make the NCAA tournament, that's going to be the reason, the big reason why. Wins over Marquette and TCU are just going to be quality wins the whole time out for Mississippi State. I think if I feel like it's obvious that Jans is the more impressive job here. Because I think you and I talked about Purcell and we talked about early on like that he should he has an opportunity to make the, the tournament with this team, and just we'll see what happens. And with Jans, I don't think we had any idea of that. But sell me on the on the job that Purcell has done this year. You know, has he even by, by the team being in the position they're in, has he has he overachieved in your opinion? That's a good question because <clears throat> I think expectations coming in were that that team was good enough that they could be in the NCAA tournament. But I think I think we're selling the job he's done short when we look back the last couple of years and realize where Mississippi State was as a program. This is still a rebuilding job for Sam Purcell. You had a roster that was decimated with either injuries or opt-outs or transfers or whatever last year, and you had a guy that's never coached women's basketball coaching the team. And I think Doug Novak did a great job holding things together for that team. But that, the program was in disarray. After one year, your coach is, is gone. And, in, you know, a month before the season, you have a guy that's never coached women's basketball is having to lead the program. And you have, you know, uh, Bob Thornton came in on staff. I mean, that's an NBA guy. He, you know, basketball is basketball, but it is different coaching men and women. You're dealing with two different personalities, let's be honest. And you have to attack things differently. And you're dealing with also these injuries and you're down to seven scholarship players and you have no post players outside of Charlotte Cole. It was just a real challenge for Mississippi State to get six conference wins. I thought that was a great job by Doug Novak. But at the same time, you have a roster that you're bringing in all these different people from different locations out of the transfer portal that have – some of them have never played these roles in their life. Alana Smith has done a great job being the leader on this team – but she was a role player at Louisville. Let's just be honest with that. Romani Parker coming off the bench at Louisville. You're asking her to do some big things. Courtney Weber's been up and down at Florida State. You're asking her to give you big minutes. So these aren't – you're not bringing in an Angel Reese from Maryland like LSU. You're bringing in a lot of players that have played a role in a team but have not been star players for those teams, and you're asking them to come in and play big a big part in this uh, program for Mississippi State. State lost its starting point guard for four, for the last three years, Mine Taylor. Jessica Carter's had a year out. So this was not an easy job for Sam Purcell. 
and he's got a chance here to win over 20 games in year one and get the team back to the NCAA tournament, I think he's done as good a job. Chris Jans has been a little more impressive to me, but this you're talking about a guy that's been coaching for a long time. Yeah, Sam Purcell is still trying to figure things out as a head coach, and he even admitted that the other day when I talked to him about does he discuss postseason with his players? Yeah, because you you know better than, <clears throat> better than I do. A lot of coaches talk about the the coach speak side of things. And, you know, we're just looking at one game at a time. We're not worried about the postseason right now and stuff like that. They're not shying away from that at Mississippi State. They're talking about postseason. But I talked to Sam Purcell. I'm like, is this how you're going to uh, address this with your players moving forward? And he said, I don't know. (laughs) This is my first time running a program. I don't know what I'm going to do. But with this team, this is how I've attacked it. We have a lot of veterans on this team. They all want to go to the NCAA tournament, and they're locked in right now. So I can appreciate that. But he is a coach that's still learning how to do things. He's learned a lot this year already. The players have learned a lot. But you can see that this team is progressing. I think that's the mark of a good team and a well-coached team. They're still up and down. They're still inconsistent. They're, to me, more inconsistent than the men. Mm -hmm. But they're getting better, and they're finding ways to win, and that's what's important. How big, you know, we've been talking about how big this Kentucky game is and this Ole Miss game is for the men this weekend. How big is the Alabama game for the women on on Sunday? It's huge. That this is an Alabama team that is very tough. They got um a former MSU commitment uh on their team. Brittany Davis is having a huge year uh for them. And they have veterans on that team. Uh Jay Barker's daughters on that team. You might remember him. Uh, so it, unfortunately, I do. Yes. Yeah. So Alabama is going to be very difficult. They've gone into tough places and won. They're winning a lot of games right now. They're an NCAA tournament team. That you win on Thursday, you win against Alabama on Sunday. You're in the NCAA tournament. You've you've clinched your berth. But I don't think it's a must win. But it would be huge for this team to win that ball game to get another quality win and secure your spot in the NCAA tournament. But also at that point, you start moving up the pecking order a little bit because this team could use, you know, a, a top 10 uh, seed or something like that. You know, I don't think you want to slip in there as the 12. I mean, you'll take anything at this point, but it would be nice to continue to push up maybe an eight or nine seed. It's going to take a lot of wins down the stretch to do that. And they're going to have to make a run in the tournament probably too. But you get a win against Alabama and, and Missouri, and you're sitting there on a five game winning streak, just like the men. Possibly get a win against Arkansas. You got six straight going into the LSU game to end the season. This that's a team that's going to be riding high going into the postseason play. So I, I think it's big and it's it's senior night for the team. Uh, there's going to be some emotions. There's a lot of seniors to recognize as well. So it's going to be a big ball game for them, and uh, it'll test. It'll really test this team's will. Um, they got a big win over Tennessee, who I think is a comparable team to Alabama in some ways. Uh, Tennessee's more athletic, more talented, but Alabama is one of those teams that they have the experience and they have the players they can they can really hurt you. So it's gonna be a tough game, but a big one for for state. Just a really big week of basketball for for both teams here in Starkville. I mean these are massive games. That will, will basically deter- I, I feel like if both teams can can get wins this week, if they go two and0 this week, they're both gonna I, I would tell you they're probably both going to get in at that point. 
especially the yep. women would be almost be a lock. The men would be at the point where if they didn't screw up and lose to South Carolina, they're probably in as well. Yeah, so. yeah, it's gonna. It's just hard to imagine either team just kind of falling on its face at that point. Yeah, they should. They should be in pretty good position. I agree. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our fr- friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. Simple as this, guys. When you're cooking out on the on the, this weekend, you want to be throwing beef on the grill. You want steaks. You want burgers. You want brisket. That's that's the best of the best right there. So when you talk to your friends at the meat market at your local grocery store, if you talk to your friends over at uh, the the butcher shop, or if you just happen to have friends who own a beef company. Not saying that you do, but some of us do. Those are good guys. They didn't teach me anything about tri-tip, but they are good people. <laughs> I hope he's shaking his fist at the radio right now. Wherever you are, you want to be eating beef. Check it out this weekend. Put some beef on the grill. Your family will thank you. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked Southern soul food. And, you know, people, when they think about Two Brothers, they always think it's barbecue, it's barbecue, it's barbecue. And it is. It's outstanding barbecue. Some of the best you'll have. But it's a lot more than that. And, of course, when you take and talk about, you know, Two Brothers, you're talking about one of the best locations in town, right there in the heart of the Cotton District. You can see people, you can talk to people, and you get to eat great food every time you walk in the door. So if you haven't done it already, do it as soon as you can. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. Advantage Business Systems, they prefer to deliver it to you. And they've been doing that for 48 years. That's the mark of a business that you can trust. When they've been able to stay open for that long, nobody's staying open that long unless they're taking care of their customers. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, talk to the same people. You've already built that relationship. You already know who to talk to. It's it's not a question of, I got to call this 1-800 number and talk to somebody overseas who I've never spoken with before, and they're, they're going to re- relay me to an out-of-state or out-of-town consultant. You know, none of those things are going to happen with Advantage Business Systems. That's the difference that they make. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. We're talking about it all the time. We're almost the first pitch. You got It's going to be, I, I, I don't know if you've seen the weather. I'll say this. It's going to be nice and sunny. No rain this weekend in all likelihood, but it's going to be cold. So I'm telling you guys now, you need to be looking into a new pullover, and you need to get it from the Rogues Collegiate Collection. They've got the M over S and the state script stuff that you want. High quality, maroon and white. Nothing that looks crazy. Nothing that looks out of control. Mississippi State at its finest. And don't forget, when you support the Rogue, you're supporting Bulldog at IL and MSU Athletes. So your dollars are going back into the players that you support. The Rogue in Jackson, shop at therogue.com. Or, of course, you can always check them out on Instagram, the Rogue JXN. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. This weekend, if you haven't made a trip to Dolce here in Starkville, this is the time. I know it's going to be cold, but just trust me. Ice cream, gelato is good all the time. Doesn't matter how cold it is outside. Just it's it's warm in the building, and you enjoy some incredible treats. And of course, not only the amazing gelato, but the artisanal grilled sandwiches. And coming very very soon, maybe I think it's starting next week. 
the bagels will be back. So if you great stop for breakfast every time. 509 University Drive, Tuesday through Saturday at 11. They open Sunday at 1. Dolce is the place to satisfy your sweet tooth. Well, I don't know how we did it, Robbie, but we did it. I'm I'm taking full credit, you and I. We were able to convince the power brokers behind the scenes to go ahead and make their move, and now Oklahoma and Texas will be here next year. And You're so, welcome. Once again, Thunder and Lightning have done it. So, it raises a very interesting question to me. To me, the most interesting of questions is, what does Mississippi State look like, what does their schedule look like, with the new setup? Um, you know, if you raid Ross Dellinger, Ross Dellinger's... Uh, thoughts on this i tend to buy into the idea that he got those from somebody that matters at the sec so the idea of pods put that away that's not a thing it's going to be a three six split three permanent six six uh six uh rotating sec schools but it it, it begs the question you know what is mississippi state schedule going to look like when you take into account that they already have four non-conference games scheduled for 2024. Um, I tend to think, like I said, Dellinger says State's uh, three permits. Obviously, it's going to be Ole Miss. He thinks State will keep Kentucky, and then they will get Texas A&M. The theory... And and I'll say this. I I talked to somebody that that has heard things inside the athletic department this week, and that sounds very accurate. For Mississippi State, that's 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 the talk right now around the athletic department is it's going to be A and M, Kentucky, Ole Miss. And so uh, that and if that's the case, as a state fan, you'll sign up for that all yes. day long. So the way it's set up, if I believe, is this: they have sort of picture the SEC as sixteen teams. There are eight. I mean, you could almost call them haves and have-nots, <clears> right? <throat> the haves are Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Auburn, uh, Texas A and M. Oklahoma, Texas, and I'm leaving one out. Is it Tennessee? I think it's Tennessee. All right. So those are your eight kind of, you know, top tier. There they have the most money. They have the most. They have the resources. They have the resources. Everybody else is the other half. And the way they did it was to try to help the other halves keep their teams bowl eligible. That you've set it up where you get one team out of the top half for each of the uh, the bottom half. And State, for the first time in 100-plus years of playing in the SEC, got lucky and drew Texas A&M. Could have drawn LSU, but I I think Ole Miss, they wanted to keep Ole Miss and LSU together. Mm -hmm. Um, And A&M's probably sitting there going, we got lucky with Mississippi State, despite the fact Mississippi State has Has regularly beaten them in the last 10 years. Yeah, so, of course, that's what they're going to think, but they would be wrong in that. So that's good for Mississippi State. But where does the schedule turn? You know, who do they take off of the schedule? Do you keep Arizona State? Do you keep that deal in place and play ten Power Five games, and you know, get rid of Utah State or UMass or uh, or Eastern Kentucky? I don't think you get rid of Eastern Kentucky. I think you keep the FCS game for sure, and so you're getting rid of either Utah State or UMass. Is there? I think the biggest question is how many conference games are you going to play? It's going to be nine. It's going to be nine. Because I think that um, I know that Dr. Keenum is against that. I mean, I, as well he should be. 
And and this is what I I I was a fan of the one seven model of keep going to eight and having one permanent. And I really mm-hmm. thought state could get. I really thought the teams because I think the bottom half teams that we're talking about here, state, Ole Miss, South Carolina, would probably be in favor of that. And I thought that they could swing a vote from Auburn because I thought the thought process would be like, look, if we do, th- we do three, you will play Alabama and Georgia every year. You'll play mm-hmm. them every year. You will never not have Alabama and Georgia on your schedule. Whereas if you do it this way, you lose the Georgia series as a yearly thing, but you you can play, but you you get a chance to play somebody that you can beat. But that's not the way it's going to go. I think it's going to be. I think it's pretty obvious at this point. It's going to be three six and a nine game schedule, which means, like I said, I mean Mississippi State has looking at their they're looking ahead. Right, they have a Power Five game schedule from twenty twenty four. Through 2031. So each of the next uh, eight seasons, they had the series with Arizona State, a series with Minnesota, a series with Texas Tech, and then a series with Washington State. Are they going to stay in those series or are they going to try to buy them out? I mean, that's going to be costly if that's the case. What do you think State's going to do? That's a good question because when you're moving to nine conference games, people are not going to want to give away those buy games or those games against teams that they feel like they can get a win. <clears throat> in 2025, they're not going to they're not going to do away with Southern Miss and Alcorn, I don't think. Right. And uh you know, in that 2024 season you were talking about you got three games that you that you're probably definitely going to win against Eastern Kentucky, Utah State, and UMass. Do you want to throw those away when you have a nine-game conference schedule? Right. I don't. I don't think that. That's. I don't think they're going to want to do that. But do you want a completely cupcake, non-conference schedule? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, who knows what our Arizona State is going to be like? I don't right. know. New coach, who I think is a good young coach, but we'll good see. young coach. We just don't, don't even know. remember. Robbie is because it's a nine-game schedule. There will be years where you play five SEC home games and four on the road, and then it'll switch. So I don't know what you know. Year one is going to look like for Mississippi State. That first game with Arizona State is on the road. So what yeah. that would mean is if State doesn't buy that game out, and they buy out one of the other three, State would have six road games and six home games. Because I'm going to make an assumption that State will indeed get uh, the first year they will have five road games. They will not be one of the teams to get five home games to start the season. And if that's the case, then they're dropping Arizona State. Right. Thinking, so, and, I mean, so again, State though. Year, State this year has Oklahoma, I'm sorry, Kentucky and Ole Miss at home in 2023. So that means next year, and, and, and A&M is on the road this year. So next year, if that's who you keep, it should flip-flop. You get, so, you, so there's two games right there. You've got Ole Miss and Kentucky on the road, and you've got A&M at home. And now if you keep Arizona State at home, You've got five, you know, you got what, three more games to, to, to yeah. I think you're getting rid of it. I think Arizona State, I think all of these power five are going to get bought out. I think the SEC will rescind that rule about having to have a power five now that you have a ninth conference game. Yeah, because you're playing another power five school. And, right. And that power five school might be infinitely tougher than Arizona State anyway. Yeah. So it just it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but from the, from a TV perspective, TV perspective, it does. So yeah. I don't know what you're going to do. And that, well, 
trading out, you know, if Mississippi State's playing Auburn in place of Arizona State, mm-hmm. the TV money you would think is going to be higher for Mississippi State and Auburn, right? Right. Because right. you're going so, to have two nothing games no matter what, right? Yes. That's going to be the case. It's the question of is that third game a Power 5 game or is it a another nothing game? Yeah. So I don't know. This is this is a this is a fascinating change that's coming to the conference just because of these two teams. I mean, it's it's changing the whole landscape of your scheduling for the future and everything. It goes back to something I've said for years that I've never understood why football schedules have to be made so far in advance. Like basketball yeah. and baseball schedules get made the year of every year. You know, you might you might every now and then have a one a deal for a, a couple games in the future, but for the most part. You know, that schedule comes out in November and it's done then. Right. I just never understood why, you know, I mean, and Mississippi State, like I said, they're, they they are scheduled through uh, 20. They have one game scheduled in 2032 at Tulane. And then 2031 is the last Power 5 game. But there are some schools. I know for, I think Ole Miss has a game in 2035 scheduled already. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can find some of the other. I mean, we could all be dead at that point. I mean. These, these, these balloons are just going to keep showing up and, you know. Uh, Alabama has a game scheduled in 2035. Um, let's see here. Let's look at Florida. Florida has a game scheduled at tw- well, they have Florida State, so they have you know every and that's and that's another question by the way, right? Florida State or Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Georgia, they are going to have ten Power Five games every year because they're not going to give up their in-state rivalry games. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens with the rest of the SEC and their their um, permanence and how the schedules all work out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for Mississippi State, it, it could only have worked better for them if their permanence were like Vanderbilt and yeah. I mean, so, I guess the Kentucky. Yeah, you know, Kentucky is is becoming <clears throat> a tough opponent, a, a game that you you know you struggle very hard to win on the road. You'd rather have Missouri or or Vanderbilt there, but I think Ole Miss was always going to keep Vanderbilt, and State was always going to keep Kentucky just because it makes sense. Um, like I, I feel like Texas A and M is the is one of the best West teams that you could have. They, they because right getting them, yeah, yeah. I will say this, and I think every MSU fan will 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 join me in it. That when Alabama comes to town this year, being able to tell them, see you when I see you. Yeah. So let the don't let the door hit you on the way I, out. We ain't coming to Tuscaloosa next year. I think <laughs> it's gonna be something that everybody really cherishes and relishes. Well, I mean, I, I think in year one, I'm just trying to I mean, I have no idea what you know, I'm trying to think when do they normally announce the schedule? When do they announce the twenty summer in it? Yeah, is that is that correct? 2023 so. schedule announcement. Let me see here. Let me just do a quick Google search here. So I want to say it's like at the beginning of the fall or late summer. Uh, Mississippi State announced uh, it was in September of last year. Okay. So first part of the season. I would not be surprised <clears throat> though. I would not be surprised if they don't have it done at media days. To make like a huge deal out of it, that'd be smart. You know, maybe like because you know, media days weren't Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Maybe that Friday, you have there's the schedule, schedule release for next year. By the way, also another another note I'm pretty sure about. And I think I mentioned this on Sports Talk Mississippi. 
2024, first year for Texas and Oklahoma. I'm 99% sure Media Days is scheduled to be in Dallas that year. Oh, is it? Yeah. What a, what a, I wonder if, if that was done uh, with some, some, some planning ahead. It had, Probably so. Had to have been. So I, I'm not all that sold that this is going to be this life changing thing for the better for Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, no. Their, their life is getting a lot. They'll get more money. And they'll, yeah. they'll, 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 they'll yeah, with the twelve team playoff, though, I don't know. You know, it was obviously going to be easier for them to go to the playoff from the Big Twelve, but the money deal, and I, quite at the end of the day, they're tired of carrying their conference, and now they don't have to anymore. But, I mean, A and M has A and M won anything outside of like maybe like tennis? I think they won the SEC championship and women's basketball. I think they won a baseball championship. I could be baseball. They baseball. They've been solid. Yeah. They had a couple good years in women's basketball and maybe yeah. tennis. And then Missouri, nothing else. Missouri's done East, nothing. They won a couple of East titles in football. When they first got in. When they first got in. And since then, yeah, they haven't done much of anything. I, I think So Texas, it's not Oklahoma, a guarantee. I think they'll do okay just because they have money and they have resources. But at the same time, I mean, Oklahoma is in, and they're going to be picking up games against Alabama, LSU, Georgia on a regular basis. Those are teams that right now they can't beat. So. There's not going to be a and and you know even the teams like in the middle of the pack and the conference are capable of state state winning those games are, are ca- very capable of beating Texas and then if Oklahoma doesn't get any better the thing is Oklahoma will fire Venables after this year if he has another bad year and then they will go pay big money to get whoever because they're not yeah. they're not they're not going to show up in the SEC with Brent Venables coming off of back to back six win seasons they're not going to do that can't mm-hmm. show up to the party like that so Mm-mm. we'll see yeah it's going to be Fun and interesting. It is that. So, all right. Tomorrow's the rumblings. You know what to do. Send us uh, the uh, the questions in. Riley, R- Riley, I keep calling you Riley. Robbie. Why? I don't know. I keep trying to combine words. I'm I'm, I'm too fast in my brain, which is bad. That's another. That's something dumb people do. Which which I am. We don't like to use our brains. No, I don't. Not at all. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we'll do that then. Have a good one for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.